The shepherds had an unexpected visitor and they were terrified. I completely get that. Sometimes when I have an unexpected visitor, I get a little terrified too. For example, uh, take a Saturday morning. It's been a long week. All the kids have been doing something. We've been busy. Friday comes around and we all have some time off, so we take it easy. We have a big time. We, we stay up late and watch movies and hang out with each other. We didn't do the dishes because we were having fun. We didn't do the laundry. It's piling up. We'll get to it. We're having fun. Who cares if I forgot to take out the garbage and the kids' toys are all over the floor? We're having fun. And we go to bed late and we wake up a little bit late. and We all spend the morning in our sweats and pajamas and we're just hanging out on the couch. And then knock, 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 knock. Somebody comes and wants to come inside and visit for a while. I'll tell you what, an unexpected visitor terrifies me too, because the last thing I want is for anybody to think that I don't go to sleep wearing these clothes and that my house is anything but immaculately clean. Oh, an unexpected visitor can terrify me too. <laughs> but the shepherds had an unexpected visitor in the middle of the night, and it terrified them. Have you ever had anything good from a call in the middle of the night? A visitor in the middle of the night? Listen, I'd be terrified too. In fact, one time I was. So we used to live in a house that was on the end of a dead-end street, surrounded by woods on two sides, and a part of town that, well, was a little bit further away from help. It was just me and Amanda and baby Jack early on in our marriage. He was a little baby. And we had gone to bed that night, and about two in the morning, I was startled out of my sleep in a cold sweat by ding. Sometimes the doorbell did that. Sometimes it malfunctioned. That's surely what it was. It was just a short in the wire that happens every now and then. Ding. Uh-oh. I'm the husband. I'm the one who's supposed to get out of bed and check on this. Ah! So I get out of bed and uh, I thought, surely it's just broken, but I have to check to make sure nobody's outside. I don't want the baby to wake up. Amanda's like, what's going on over there? So I go to the door and I, I'm about to look out the peephole, and all of a sudden, it's just, just terror. You know? I look out the peephole, and one of the scariest things that I've seen, I saw a shadow outside the door of the peephole, and the door's only this thick. And no sooner did I recognize what happened, I heard, knock, 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 ding, 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 and I jumped. And here's the problem. There's somebody at my door. My wife is over here terrified. My son is over here, hopefully not waking up yet. I've got somebody at the door. I have no idea what to do. Look at me. What am I going to do? I did the only thing I know how to do. I got up real deep and I said, who's at my door? Just like that. I don't even know what the other person said. They said something and I said, you better get yourself up on out of here. Just exactly word for word. And then they ran off. I saw them uh, leave through the peephole. I peeked out the window and they were gone. I called the police. And you better believe I made the police show me their badge three times before I unlocked and opened that door. We finally got it sorted out about four o'clock in the morning. We weren't really in any danger. It was a vagrant man who just so happened to thought that think maybe I'll go sleep on the couch of the house at the end of the dead end road. No, 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 no. Whoo! I was terrified. It's not just the, uh, the doorbell that startled me. That startled me. It is startling that there's a man on the other side of the door at 2 in the morning. But listen, that fear, you, you know this just as well as I do. It wasn't just about that moment. It's about everything that came up. 
everything that came up. It's the middle of the night, and I'm at the end of a dead-end street. There's nobody that's going to be able to help me. I could call the police, but this man is three inches away from me, and they're miles down the road. There's nobody going to be able to help me. It's not just me anymore. I've got a wife and an infant child, and all of a sudden that whole parent thing comes up where you're like, you know how, maybe you know how it goes, where you suddenly fear for everything that could go wrong with your kid. Just all wells. And then I'm looking at me. I'm like in uh, 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 flannel sweatpants. I'm like William Wallace without a kilt, but I've got none of the muscles. It's like, I am vulnerable at this moment in many, many ways. Y'all get that? I was vulnerable in that moment. It didn't matter how puffed up I was, how great everybody out in town thought about me or, or how I presented myself. It didn't matter. I was vulnerable in many ways, and it was terrifying. I don't like it when that happens, when my weaknesses come up to the front. I don't like it, and I don't think anybody else likes it either. Do you know what one of the number one recurring nightmares that happens across generations and cultures this same dream will happen to a two-year-old and a 102-year-old many times over in their life. You find yourself in public when you suddenly realize that you forgot to get dressed. Anybody had a dream like that? That's a vulnerability dream. It, it's as terrifying. It's on this, there's many, many lists of the top reported nightmares, and it shows up over and over and over again right there with getting attacked, chased, and falling from a great height. Being vulnerable in front of people is as terrifying as being chased. And it'll wake you up in a cold sweat every time. But the reality is, <clears throat> we all have vulnerabilities and weaknesses. We all do. We all have things that, uh, that we're not good at, that are strong, not strong about us, that cause us trouble. And it's scary to think about those things. Your weak spot your vulnerabilities. And the Christmas season somehow has a nice way of bringing unexpected visitors across your path uh, just to poke you in your weak spots. Maybe we don't see it coming because we're so focused on trying to have a holly, jolly, perfect Christmas that we don't recognize when something unexpected is going to happen to us and just sit there and poke at our vulnerabilities. It's like, You've got all the presents you need. You, you have just the right amount of money because December is a long month for those of you who get paid monthly and you've got one more present to buy and the tire goes flat or you get in a wreck or an unexpected medical bill comes up or the heater goes out of the house and all of a sudden your, your finances are in disarray. Christmas has a way of just exposing. Life has a way of just unexpectedly exposing those weak spots. And you know what happens when you have this fear of not having enough money? It brings up all the other junk. Like, I am not able to function. I don't have what it takes to live. I'm going to be broke and lose everything. Or maybe uh, when it happens maybe when you're with your families for Christmas and you haven't seen each other for a while. Everything's going good. And all of a sudden, somebody brings up a 20-year-old conflict and it still hurts. And those stresses are still there. And that awkwardness is still there. Unexpectedly, out of the blue, you're feeling weak and vulnerable like you did when you were a kid. Or maybe it's the stress of the schedule. I, I don't know what your Christmases are like, but maybe you've got it down to a science. But December has 25 days before Christmas, and it starts out strong, and 
Then everybody plans. You have 40 Christmas parties to go to. You've got a work thing to go to. You've got presents to buy. And all of a sudden, you've got this, 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 and there's no more you to go around. And unexpectedly, without knowing it, you say, I can't, I am not enough to do everything I have to do. And you, you have a, a vulnerability exposed that you can't do everything all the time. You would have these things come up. And, and one of the things that could happen to us it happens a lot. In fact, it's probably going to happen to me any day now that you get sick. You might just get a cold, but boy, will that show you how weak you are. But for some of us, it's bigger than that. For some of us, it's big sickness, either in our lives or in our families, and we recognize unexpectedly without warning how weak and vulnerable our bodies are. And I don't know what it is about Christmas that really just kind of amplifies these things, but we all have weaknesses and vulnerabilities, and it's not fun when we see them. And I wonder, Christmas, is it supposed to be like that? No, we know it's not, but we don't know what to do about it. We started out strong, and then something unexpected is going to happen that's going to expose our weak spots. And you know what I love about the Bible, though, is the Bible is very honest and open about the fact that we're going to have those vulnerabilities. And, and the Bible, and even in this Christmas story, gives us the good news of what God has done to take away even those fears that we have about our weaknesses and our vulnerabilities. So the shepherds were out watching over their flocks by night, and an unexpected visitor comes, and they were terrified. And they should be. They're shepherds alone in a field in the middle of the night, out in the middle of, the, out in the middle of nowhere. Who is going to come and See them. What good could happen in the middle of the night? And how in the world, in a wide open field, did somebody sneak up on them anyway? I wonder what's going through their head. They could shout and shout, but uh, who's going to hear them scream? <laughs> bah, the sheep aren't going to help them at all. And if somebody would come and help, I mean, it could come and help, would they? I mean, shepherds were way low on the totem pole. There were crazy uh, amounts of traffic going through the region as well. You remember there's a census, so there's a whole lot of people who are angry because the government's making them travel uh, to come on down into town, and who knows what they're going to do to us. It makes sense that they're terrified. The Bible says uh, when the angel came and the glory of the Lord shone around them, before they recognize what it is, it's just a strange person all of a sudden surrounded by light, and they were terrified. And the old King James Version, I love this, it says instead, and they were sore afraid. Y'all remember that? I don't know what that means. Maybe it's, maybe it's they were so afraid it made their muscles hurt. <laughs> Who knows? But a more direct translation of Luke's Greek in that uh, verse in chapter 2, it goes more like this. It says, and they were afraid, mega afraid. The word mega is the Greek word there. It means very, very. They were afraid, but they weren't just afraid. They were mega afraid afraid, terrified. But the angel doesn't come with danger. Their visitor isn't a bringer of bad tidings, but a bringer of glad tidings. And the angel of the Lord comes with good news for them. He comes with a message that can do away with all of that fear that they're feeling for good, because they're, they're not just startled, if you ask me. I, I, I've been startled. But it brings up all of the weaknesses in their life. They're out, alone, vulnerable, low status. Nobody's going to miss them if they're gone. They are open and exposed. 
But the angel comes with good news that can do away with that fear for good. The angel of the Lord stands before them and says, do not fear. Not, will you please stop being afraid? It says, do not fear. For I bring you glad tidings or good news of great joy. Nerdy me went to see what great joy was, and it's mega joy. So the angel essentially makes this command. He says, trade in your mega fear for mega joy. Well, that sounds like a good solid trade to me. Trade in your mega fear for mega joy. And that sounds like a great thing to do, but I wonder how. Because you can't just stop being afraid. Oh, I'm not afraid anymore. I have joy instead. <laughs> I wish it would work that way. But the angels tell the shepherds exactly how God makes it possible to trade in their fear for joy. Because the angels tell them, they say, a Savior has been born for you. And that by itself is pretty solid great news. But it gets even better. It's not just that the Savior has come, but the, the way that the Savior has come is the cause for great joy. And the angels describe it this way. This will be the sign for you. You will see a child wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. To a bunch of vulnerable shepherds, that's actually pretty good news. Because follow with me here. Can you think of anything more vulnerable than a newborn baby surrounded by barnyard animals? A newborn baby is the human sign of vulnerability. And so what the angel is telling them is that the Savior has come and he has taken on your vulnerability. He has taken on your weakness. He didn't come as a mighty king. He didn't come uh, down from heaven with swords of fire and decrees to go across the news stations. Instead, he came as a vulnerable child. He has taken on their vulnerability, and that's a big deal. He was born like them. He was born with a body that could be broken, with, with a heart that could be hurt with a fragile social status. Jesus is a savior who becomes all of the things that cause us fear. Jesus is a Savior who becomes all of the things that cause us fear. He did that at his birth. And what we know is that he continues to do that through his life and ultimately his death on the cross. Jesus was born with our vulnerabilities. And then he took on our sin. And then he died our death, and then he rose in victory. This is the good news that the angel brings, is that Jesus transforms our weakness. He takes on everything that causes us fear in his own body and self, and then he transforms it. The Savior that the angels bring glad tidings about is the Savior who transforms our death into life, our frailty into immortality, our guilt into righteousness, and our weakness into his strength. The Savior of the world has taken on all of the things that bring fear into the human condition, and he transforms it into glory and righteousness and everlasting life. There is no need to fear for a Savior has come. He has come like you to transform everything that causes you fear in this world into glorious things. Trade in your fear for that joy.
I bring you glad tidings of mega joy. The Savior has come like you to transform all that causes you fear into glory. And so I wonder, what does that look like? If we, if we were to trade in our fear for joy, what would that look like for us? What would that joy look like? Well, here are just a few small glimpses. So the next time that something happens to you that makes you feel a little insecure or un, uneven ground, you would have joy instead of insecurity. You would know that fear is unnecessary because Jesus has transformed your insecurity into confidence in God's ability. The Bible says, do not fear for I am with you. That's what that joy could look like in your life. The next time that something happens that would make you feel weak, it, you would feel joy instead because you would remember that God says when we are weak that he is strong. And you would trust and know that Jesus has transformed your weakness into his eternal strength. On the next time you have an unexpected expense pop up at just the wrong time, you're not going to be afraid that you have nothing and you're never going to be able to make it. You will rest on the truth when Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. You won't fear because Jesus has transformed our fear of scarcity into abundance. Trade in your fear for joy because everything that is weak about us, everything, our sin, our guilt, our inability, our weakness, our defenselessness, Jesus has taken it upon himself between the manger and the cross and transformed it all into glory. Jesus has become your weakness. Jesus has become your vulnerability. Jesus took on your guilt. Jesus took on your sin, and Jesus died your death. There is no fear. Instead, there is victory. There is no weakness. Instead, there is his strength. There is no death. There is his life. There is no guilt. Instead, there is righteousness for you and for me. Trade in your fear. For joy. Just imagine. Imagine what this world would look like if we all just traded in all that fear for joy. You know that fear causes a lot of the junk that we have to deal with. Imagine how much generosity would abound in the whole world. Because when an opportunity to serve somebody through our money and our stuff, when that comes up, we won't say, ooh, I don't have enough. I if I give to them, it's going to take away from me. We wouldn't have that fear at all. When an opportunity comes up to serve the Lord, but it's going to take your boat or your house or your extra $50, you're not going to say, ooh, I don't know. Because your fear of scarcity has been turned into the joy of abundance. Do you imagine if we all traded our fear in for joy, how much peace we would see in the world? Because we wouldn't be driven by the fear that somebody's going to find us out. We wouldn't be so quick to be offended at things and hold hurt within us. We would be so much less defensive with people. We wouldn't attack the people who are uh, different from us. Instead, we would, we would trade in the fear of the offense for the joy of reconciliation because Jesus has transformed our fear and it's unnecessary. Could you imagine 
what people's homes and relationships could be like if everybody traded in their fear for joy? Could you imagine that? You, I don't know if you know this or not. I want you to really pay attention. Next time something happens in your relationship that makes you feel uncontrollably angry, a lot of times that's out of fear of something. You've been exposed. Somebody's picked a weak spot. You're out of control. I imagine what would happen if we traded in that fear for joy. How much instead we would be willing to let those things slide off of our back knowing that they've been crucified with Christ and there's no reason to fear about who we are because of what somebody else has revealed in us because we are secure in Christ. We don't let go of the fear of exposure and trade it in for the joy of forgiveness and reconciled relationships. Could you imagine if everybody did that? This world would be immediately a different place if we listened to the angel's announcement when they said, do not fear, instead have great joy. Because the Savior, Jesus, from the manger to the cross, has taken on everything that could ever cause us fear and transformed it into his glory. Now that can start with us today. That absolutely can start with us in this room. We can practice trading in our fear for joy. Now, here's what I'd like you to consider doing if you do that. Um, the next time, it might be this afternoon, it might be in five minutes, it might be later on this week, the next time something hits you unexpectedly and catches you off guard and makes you feel like, oh man, I don't have it all together, or how am I going to get through this, or how in the world could they think that about me, or I'm too weak to make this happen, or my money is never going to stretch. The next time something unexpected hits you that exposes your weakness, I want you to just whisper this short prayer. Jesus, you have already taken care of this weakness. Take it and transform it into joy. Jesus, you have always already taken my fear of not being liked. Take it and transform it into joy. Jesus, you have already taken care of my fear that my body is not going to last. Take it and transform it into the joy of everlasting life. Jesus, you have already taken care of the fear that I'm not good enough or that I can't defend myself or that somebody's going to find out about who I really am. Jesus, you have already taken care of this weakness. Take it and transform it into joy. Again, Jesus, you have already taken care of this weakness. Take it and transform it into joy. Because you can have that joy. Because a Savior has come to give you everything that you need to have joy beyond your fear. Trade in your great fear for great joy. The angel says, do not fear, for I have come to bring you glad tidings of great joy, for unto you a Savior is born. And here will be a sign for you. You will see a child wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. He has become like you are, so that he can make you like he is in glory. Trade in your fear for joy.